0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 75 of the showbound podcast i'm your host michael raskin here with ethan cardwell as always cards what's going on man
1: you know just another day another dollar as they say but no it's it kind of seems like life's getting a little bit repetitive it's like gym skate golf gym skate golf pod gym skate golf swim gym skate golf cottage So it's, uh, but no, I can't complain. It's, it's the life of a hockey player and it's, it's one I love for sure. And nothing I'd rather be doing, but, uh, I know you and I were talking about getting out for a round, but we'll, uh, we'll probably be end up doing that next week, but no, I've been good, man. Just like more moving, like, seems like every day we're just clearing more stuff out of the house and kind of just places emptying out, but, uh, no, it's been good here. Uh, obviously we've been hit with some really good weather too so I've been just spending my days outside as much as I can like either like going for a walk even if I got like nothing going on or like buzzing around on the bike how about you
0: yeah I mean I've been uh what have I been doing I was in St. Catharines all weekend um we had some Falcons stuff and then I was uh, in the store with my brother helping uh sell some wine and just being in there and uh seeing my friends and stuff it's nice I mean obviously school takes up like my days and stuff but it's nice to uh kind of just enjoy summer it's so stressful during the year man so like with so much going on like you know how full my plate is kind of it's it's just nice to like unwind and this is like I'm really enjoying the summer too because and man I'm at the age where like all my friends now are on the cusp of like getting their full-time job wherever it may be or whatever. So we're all kind of like going different directions after this year, like moving different places. Um so there's kind of like that that vibe of like this could be the last summer we're all together type of thing. And it's a little scary but we're making the most of it. So um it's it's uh interesting for sure. But that that's been uh what's up. I watched uh the Celtics Golden State game the last one. So I'm actually uh I actually watched the last two. Um it's- so it's pretty exciting, man. I'm not going to lie. It's, I've never really been a basketball guy.
1: No, like me either. Like, I'm not a basketball guy until playoffs. Like, March Madness, love it. As, like, the listeners know, we talked about that a ton. But, like, playoff basketball is, like, way different. Like, they, they ramp it up so many notches. And it's, it's, like, to watch the best players in the world go to work at their craft, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. And it's the same thing we see in the NHL. And prefacing that, we we called Tampa Bay. So... I'm fired up about that. That was a big one for us. It went, I think we called them when they were down 2-0. So yeah, and not, I said
0: in 6, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, you said 6. I originally said 5, so we're real close on that. And our abs, obviously, that we had winning the cup at the start of the year. So let's run it into that now. Um, I noticed you got a haircut.
0: Yeah, also. it's kind of everywhere. I haven't done my hair yet today, so I'm almost like nervous. I was, might have to throw the hat on, actually. It's pretty yeah, brutal I'm- right now, but once I do it, it will look better.
1: I was gonna say, uh, you get a haircut in the dark, or what's going on there? No, I
0: on- Honestly, uh, yeah, it looks bad right now, but I haven't done it. You know how it is. You got to you got to throw some gel in and push it back.
1: No, those- yeah. And the the first like week is like, okay, like I'm taking it a little bit shorter, Um, and then it's gonna grow out and it's gonna be perfect because you don't want to be spending money on haircuts all the time. But uh, you know no, what? I-
0: Actually, so so that's why I got it. I'm just gonna leave the hat off. I don't really care if it looks bad, but um no i was just I got, it
1: looks good it actually looks real good right now it's got a little little uh volume to it a little flop yeah,
0: for real once i like i actually put something in i should probably just stop touching it um anyway <laughs> i got my buddy's weekend my buddy's weekend my buddy's wedding this weekend uh and i'm a groomsman in his wedding so i got my hair cut to i'll be in a bunch of the wedding photos and stuff i didn't want to look so scummy with like my hair all over the place so clean it up um gonna be a fun weekend we got the bachelor party we got the wedding there's gonna be a lot of fun times and memories and I'm excited um so that's what's up with me this weekend and I'm pumped maybe I'll send you a couple funny snapchats and stuff and we'll I'm sure the listeners maybe we'll get a couple good stories out from uh if anything happens for next week but yeah that's that's what's up with me right now
1: yeah that's actually that's sweet and I was actually talking about my with my parents feel like when everybody like gets to the age of weddings and stuff like that and how it goes and so i'll be able to get some intel from you from a 21st century like recent like now wedding 2020s wedding like first ones like sit like people haven't had like these yeah weddings so like it'll be interesting to see like that'll be a lot of fun for you so i'm excited about that but back to the hockey topic let's let's make a prediction obviously we can't go against the abs now, but it's so hard to say that the lightning can't win. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the lightning looks sick. Uh, I, I think the abs haven't been tested as much as Tampa has. So part of me is like, okay, I mean, okay, I'll start with my prediction and then I'll explain a little more. I, I mean, I'm predicting abs in seven because we said abs from the start. We, we can't bail on what we said now. Um, but with that being said, like, yeah, Tampa I would not be shocked if they win at all. Vasilevsky can steal any game he wants, but Tampa or uh, Colorado is by far the best matchup for Tampa that they've seen, even more than the Leafs. I hate to say it, um, so it's I, I do. I think Colorado is going to win. I hope they win because honestly, like Tampa's already won. They've all won cups for the most part. Like let's get McKinnon a cup here. He deserves it. He's the dog. He's a beauty. He he and landis cog and all these guys up uh, kale mccarr like they're so good and uh and uh, Bo and byram bro like there there's some guys like making contributions to it, it, they look like a real good
1: team and you're, you're forgetting a main piece of former guest to the pod alex Newhook. oh my god how yeah. sick would it be if new got a cup too so like there's so many factors like colorado and man like just watching kale McCarr on the ice, like just to appreciate the way he plays hockey. It is sickening. Like he's so good. He's making it look like it's house league out there. Like the guy's throwing up five points as a defenseman in the NHL, like in the playoffs, like what? It doesn't even make sense, man. Like he's just so good. He's on another level. And you look at a guy like Hedman, Hedman ones wins the Norris. What? Like two years ago. And he makes him look like a joke. Almost like, he makes Fox looks like a joke. Like Yossi in the first round, he just like I don't even know. You can't words can't describe how good of a player he is. He's the clear cut favorite to win the consmite. It's either him or the Nate dog if um, the Abs win, in my opinion. And then it's it's going to either be it's probably Vasilevsky or Kucherov stammer if he has an unbelievable play or uh, cup run here. But I don't know. We'll see. Who's who's your prediction then for the consmite?
0: Yeah, I got to stick with Makar. You're right. Like, and you hear people talking about it. I think, I think with actually a good amount of confidence, if he continues on this path, which I I think he will for his career, stays healthy and all that, I think he may be in the conversation of best defenseman ever.
1: Yeah. Like, I I don't disagree. You look at it. You look at the guys who are in the car. Obviously there's a Bobby Orr and the, the Nick Lidstrom's and Nick Lidstrom. It's a completely different player it completely different and maybe Bobby Orr is more of a similarity. Like you you see more similarities in their game and stuff, but you can never kind of tell like, it's still a long debate that we're going to see about McDavid and uh, Gretzky down the road and stuff like that too. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely wild and it's, it's something that definitely could be, it's a little premature to throw that around. But like you said, if he stays healthy, he's only going to get better, which is like scary to even think about. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my prediction for the Consmith as well. But if Tampa wins, I'm going to say Vasilevsky, like we haven't seen a goaltending performance like this in like, and he's done it three years in a row, like that loss to Columbus when they got strapped or swept four straight as the president's trophy winners, like that was a slap in the face for him personally, I think. And that was just like been motivation. He's just flipped a switch since then, like whether it be the regular season, they just know, like okay, we get to the playoffs, we're the Tampa Bay Lightning, we're the best team, and this is another debate. Like, Could we end up talking years down the road if they win this year and they do good next year? Like, are, Is Tampa one of the greatest teams of all time? Obviously, you have those Montreal teams back in the day, but in this era, you have to say they are the best team it easily since, since the 2000s. Easily, they're the best team that is playing
0: no i'd agree with that man and if they win this year dude it's scary and they're they're gonna be just as good next year like i mean as long as they have that core and they've been doing well with getting the depth guys in don't get me wrong but like that core of vasilevsky headman stamkos kucherov point like honestly the the list goes on but that though they're all scary and they can all play and then they've they've done well every year with the depth pieces so yeah i mean the depth pieces like you say
1: like you see guys like Hagel. Paul, they come in and it's like, Oh yeah. Paul's sick. They're nasty on their own teams. And you see these guys, obviously Paul had an amazing game seven against the Leafs. Every Leafs fan probably hates this guy, but anyway, like they come in, they play that third line role and they're okay with it. Like, and, and I'm sure like, they're going to move on in their careers one day. They're not going to be in Tampa forever. And they're going to move on and they're going to go back to like being able to be like those top end, like contributor guys, like more relied on to get the points and stuff. But like they come there, they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to be the third line. We're going to work harder than any other third line. We're going to shut the first lines down and we're going to win a cup. And that's the way you win cups. You get these depth guys who are willing to do the job and who want to do the job and sacrifice to win.
0: I think that's, like not to bring back the Leafs, but that's the difference, man, between Tampa and the Leafs. Obviously, goaltending, everyone's gonna say, but it's it's the depth too. Like, I just the Leafs haven't figured it out with the depth guys yet, and Tampa has. And uh, I I hope to see a couple depth changes for the Leafs to to move forward because like when you look at Tampa's run, like the Leafs gave us the gave them the toughest test so far. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully next year is the Leafs' year. But yeah, I mean, moving on, like um well we gotta say we have a great interview lined up we got chase stillman first round pick of the new jersey devils uh peterborough pete and uh great speaker great interview i thought it was actually like an awesome interview i to to pump our own tires we've been bringing the heat with with these guests lately like am i right
1: no yeah and we, we talked about it after the show a little bit and yeah like little pat on the back for the boys. I mean, like really, we've been good lately. And I think like, obviously our loyal fans, everyone listening every week, we appreciate that. And like, they, they see what we're doing and we just like feed off them. Like, is it, you're the reason we're doing it. So it, it's been awesome. And it, it's definitely nice to get guys who want to come on and want to do a great interview. And when they speak so well like that, it just makes it so easy on us. So it's been seamless, but I think we can almost send it over to the interview. I just want to mention, um, that we're going to talk a little, a little bit about golf. There's been so much controversy uh, in the golf world. And we'll, we'll talk about that after the Stillman interview. And we'll address the U.S. Open coming up this week and the Canadian Open and h- how cool that was. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit of OHL hockey in the back end uh, as well. But uh, for all of our listeners, go check out uh, the brand, our, our good friends, um, Gavin McIver. He's, he's a pro golfer himself. Uh, I've played with them a million times, and it's ASON nineteen is the brand, and you can go check it out uh, at their website and uh, use the code Showbound at checkout for twenty percent off. And if if you're getting into golf, you want to look good and you don't want to spend too much money, that is the place to go. And the the items they're just so affordable and they they look so good, and the material is unbelievable too. He definitely didn't cheap out on that. It uh, it looks awesome and. I'm definitely looking good on the course. And as soon as I see Rask out on the course, probably next week, he'll be looking just as good. So I'm really excited for that. But, uh, with that being said, here's the interview. All right. And this week, we're pleased to be joined by Stilly. How you doing?
2: Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, of course it's a, uh, it's a pleasure. And we've been trying to set this one up for a while and timing and everything and the crazy storm and all the effects that, uh, that have played a part. Uh, but we're happy <laughs> to get this one out to the fans now, but, uh, no, I just want to catch up, and obviously summer's been going on for a little bit for you and I now. But uh, how's it been so far?
2: Yeah, no, it's been good. Uh, right after the season, we got uh, we got swept by Hammer, obviously on their on their sick run that they're having so far, and uh, pretty much right after that, I went into uh, to Utica playing, um, you know, my first time up there in the AHL. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to skate or do anything like that, but uh, just because the injury that I got during the playoffs, but it was a lot of fun just to be kind of surrounded by pro guys there for the first time and experience that and you know live in a hotel for a couple of weeks which uh isn't that much fun but you know everybody goes through it but now uh back here in arizona with my brother training golfing and uh you know enjoying it by weekend before uh all the camps start back up mm-hmm. it looks beautiful there i was we were just saying before uh before the call can you pan to your background again it looks uh yeah, it's not bad. It's, uh, it gets too hot sometimes. Uh, we were going to golf. I think it was like, uh, two days ago. Uh, me and Riley, we going to golf after our left or, uh, yeah, on Friday there. And we step outside, man. And it's like, we look at the weather and it's going to be 46. We're like, ah, like we're not teeing off to like one. I think oh we're going like, to one out. That's yeah. how hot it gets here. That, that's, that's crazy, dude. And how, how many
1: months do you spend down there?
2: So usually it's uh it, it kind of all depends on what's going on, and uh you know Rileys schedule for sure, but usually we're here for for a month, maybe a month and a half, and then depending on what happens, then maybe we'll come back in August just before uh you know the uh, NHL camps and you know the oh so but uh yeah, usually a good month and a half, which is nice
0: yeah that's sweet and I'll just reference for those who don't know that your dad, Corey Stillman, is the assistant coach of the Arizona coyotes, so um you're out there with him and i I'm just curious like what's. Can you talk about what your family's like? I mean, your brother's in the NHL, Riley, and your dad played over a thousand games in the NHL. You're well on your way. So wh- what's it like being you?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it was, I guess it was a little different growing up. Obviously, you're kind of just uh, surrounded by hockey by accident. You know, even my grandfather was, was involved in the game and played a game in the NHL and, you know, had a long career in the minors. So just kind of almost bred into it. I guess he would have been happy if I was a basketball player or anything like that. But there's always that little subtle push towards hockey. And, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, kind of falling in love with the game. It's been a lot of help having guys like that to reach out to when you're going through stuff. So, uh, no, they're, they're great to have. And obviously it's a lot of fun and, you know, I hear a lot of fun stories with, uh, along the way, which is a lot of fun too. So,
0: yeah, for sure. And, and so, like I said, your dad and he, he won two Stanley cups. Um, he was still playing hockey while you were growing up. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So yep. what kinds of things do you remember from that as a kid?
2: Yeah. Uh, I remember most of the time I know you won the cup in uh, in Tampa and Carolina and I was pretty young for that I have you know slight memories in Carolina the most I do do remember when I was living in Florida uh, I remember going to the rank and seeing guys like uh, Stephen Weiss uh, Nathan Horton you know David booth around the rank he was always wearing uh, these cool ball uh, like he had pink purple sneakers which were pretty sweet back in the day where I thought they were sick but uh, the biggest thing that I remember going into the, in the rink all the time, I knew as soon as I went in there, I was reeling right into the dress room and going right for the double bubble. They had just tubs <laughs> of gum in the middle of the room. And I just remember going in there and filling pockets right after school. It was like the it was the prime thing to do every time. It, it's so funny. You say that. Cause it was a couple of episodes card. you remember. I was just,
0: <clears> I was kind of shitting on double bubble the other day saying how like, <laughs> it's so bad because it, it
2: just oh, loses its flavor, flavor so you know quick. Right away, but when you're packing your pockets full of gum and you bring that to school, you're you're laughing. So, yeah, no, yeah, If statement. you
1: got if you got like a lot of them, like that's me. Like the the bowl will come out to the room and I'm just like grabbing like ten. So yeah, I, like, exactly. You're one... not grabbing
2: one piece. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: you, you need a few. Like if you like, they're almost like two minutes and they're done. So yeah, yeah if you totally. if you're packing your pockets as a kid, you're laughing.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like oh, man. I was like, well, I don't know, if I would have been you know, six, seven. So it was two pieces and I could barely get my mouth closed. But we were so many.
0: Yeah, no, that's living the life. That and sour keys. I I like sour (laughs) keys. But um, anyway, so I, I was just curious, like, like you said, kind of being bred into a hockey family. How old were you when you realized like, okay, you could probably make a good career out of playing hockey?
2: Yeah, um, you know, to be honest, I didn't really uh, like hockey that much when I was first growing up living. Uh, you know, I'd rather – I was living in Florida at the time, so I actually wanted to play football, baseball, things like that. And then, uh, you know, when we made the transition back to, back to Peterborough and kind of all my friends and stuff were playing hockey, kind of, you know, re that love of sport. And I guess I was only like seven or eight when I say that. But, um, you know, I would have said it would have been around, you know, right when I played a year up, when my first year I played against Cardsy, actually, in the OMHA. And I uh, had a pretty decent season playing a year up. And then when I went back to my own age group the year after and dominated, I was like, okay, then, you know, maybe I can see, you know, what the OHL draft takes me and my brother just happened. And uh, so I'd say it was around my 13 year old, 14 year old year where I was like, okay, I can maybe, you know, take this professionally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then like, you obviously, you move on up the ranks and you do crazy things. And you went to Sudbury for minor midget, didn't you? Like, because your your dad was like coaching there, so you ended up like moving from Peterborough. So, like, talk about that a little bit. Like, obviously, you you kind of find a home in Peterborough, all your buddies and stuff, and then you move up to Sudbury. So, what was that like?
2: Yeah, that was actually uh super interesting. And most of the that move there was just family reasons. It was uh my mom, just kind of that was just he was just finishing up kind of his pro career, right, and just had him back, and then. You know, they kind of miss each other. You kind of look at it that way. But I just remember I was honestly really upset at the time because I thought, you know, I'm going into my minor midget year. you think I'd be moving to some place like, you know, Don Mills. We had that super packed O3 team. Go play in the Marlies or things like that. And I just remember talking to my parents. I'm like, what am I doing, you know, going to Sudbury? And then, uh, you know, talking in with my agent and then uh, realized, you know, what kind of players they had out there. And, you know, looking back at it now, we had a, we had a pretty good team up there. I think we had eight players drafted. Uh, You know, a couple that are playing the OHL. So, but it was just—it was really different to move, you know, five hours north to see just in the middle of nowhere. To be honest, right, coming from Peterborough. So, uh, but it turned into a great time. We had a good team and and played pretty well. And then, uh, you know, I think everything kind of worked out for me that way. And then I got drafted to Sudbury, which was hilarious.
1: Yeah, and I was just about to mention that. So you were a second round pick to Sudbury there, and was that just kind of a fluke, or was that uh, maybe set up behind the scenes? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, no, I did commit to Providence. And, uh, you know, I wanted to have that in my back pocket. You know, I really did think that I was going to go to the school route. Uh, I know that's what my mom always wanted me and Riley both to do. And, you know, when Riley uh, thought about committing to Penn State, I was like, you know what, maybe I can kind of scrub my own way, you know, be the black sheep of the family and go different from junior. So, um, you know, I really thought Providence College was going to be the spot. And then, you know, looking back on it, I thought if, if hockey doesn't work out, then, you know, the schooling paid for. So. I just thought junior was the way for me better style with the visor that's for sure so uh, but yeah it just kind of it was it was a fluke I think Um, you know there wasn't too much going on we didn't rig it or anything like that but I know that's kind of what my dad was definitely hoping for and uh, he said that if they were if I was there that they were most likely going to be taking me so um, you know when it happened it was just I was super scared at the start of what people would think but you know at, at the end I think it worked out okay and then we had a lot of fun together so
1: yeah it definitely worked out in your favor and obviously in that first year like transition kind of seemed seamless as you go uh first team all rookie that year so talk about that year and kind of getting your feet wet in the league and obviously i got to play against you quite a bit there when i moved to barry and you were a hell of a player as a 16 year old so you want to talk about that
2: yeah no i appreciate that yeah no it was uh it was a lot of fun i remember coming in you know i had no idea what to to what to think about it i had uh you know the phenom quinn byfield coming in as a uh, 17 year old now and uh jack thompson be able to watch kind of guys like that that i played against so hung around them see what they did could do and uh yeah i just remember going to my first ohl game you know pretty nervous and you know everybody wants to make a big impact on their debut and uh well i watched byfield go out and score two goals have an assist i think we lost like four three at three points and i was uh I was dash three and I think one for 10 on face off. So I had a definitely a tough debut into the league, but, uh, you know, kind of found my stride, uh, ended up playing with Macaulay Carson, who was really good for me. You know, he was a big, he was a strong, he was a kind of a heavyweight in the league. So gave me a little bit of that extra room and, um, you know, it was kind of blossomed from there. Uh, didn't really do do too much on the power play or anything like that. Didn't really spend any time on special teams. I wasn't, given that opportunity, but just, uh, you know, kind of find ways to chip in successfully on uh, five on five, which was nice.
1: Yeah. And you talk about giving that opportunity and it was your dad calling the shots there. So um, how, how how was that for you? Like a father son relationship, obviously you kind of, you see it a lot in minor hockey, dad's coaching and even see it in the NHL now with Lowry coaching in, uh, in Winnipeg and his son playing there and stuff like that. So for you personally, how was, how was your relationship and how did that go for you?
2: Yeah, I think it was it was definitely really hard at the start and, uh, you know, coming from being the man in, in minor hockey and getting all these, you know, eating minutes on the ice, playing special teams, four and four and things like that. And, uh, you know, I remember not getting a sniff at the start of the year on, on the power play and I was like, okay, I kind of get that, you know, being a 16 year old year and then, you know, you, maybe you get your one sniff during the season and you mess up. I remember I turned my first time ever getting the power play into the season. It was like 12 games in. I was like, okay, here we go. Like gonna you know, here we go. I'm gonna be a PP specialist in this league. Turn the puck over twice against the suit, didn't touch it again for like fifty games, didn't touch it again until the very <laughs> end of the season. And I was just like, you know, guy other guys mess up. And I still lived at a bit billet family. We definitely it wouldn't have been good if we went home together after games, but still live with a different family. But I remember being on the phone, it's like, you know, how come that, uh, you know, other guys can mess up and I don't get a touch on the power play. And he's just like, he was very good and just being like, cause that's how things work. And like, you know, there is, there's is a ranking system in the, in the OHL and the NHL and, you know, they, they just have a little bit more rope and then eventually you're going to get your turn and, you know, maybe it didn't happen that season, but uh, it, it did more towards uh, my next year when he was gone. So, but it was just, uh, it was really good. Just the, you know, the learning curves of it. And if anybody's going to kind of cut you down from something and, you know, it's your own dad kind of doing it, it, it really kind of, Puts you in a good spot, so then anybody can kind of do it to you. So, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that's going to happen the the farther you go up, and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of good for him to kind of slap me on the butt and do it.
1: Yeah, I guess it, it's definitely. You, you obviously know it's coming from a good place too. Your dad obviously has your best wish at heart, but he's got to run a hockey team at the same time, so it's an interesting dynamic in that sense. But do you have any like cool memories or stories like that come to mind from your rookie year?
2: Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's see. I was playing with yeah Q. Oh okay yeah. Best one I have is actually of Q again. That guy's a character. I'm sure you you know you're good buddies with them and uh, you know he's he's a good guy. But uh, yeah, we were playing Sui uh, underneath, and uh, we play in Sudbury. You know you're in the bowl underneath, and fans kind of walk by and stuff. And uh, and we're playing sewer. This is the biggest one that sips out to me. And Q's kind of being an idiot and kicking the ball around, and he just kind of looks up at the light. And it's, like, one of those old, like, school ones that's, like, fluorescent or whatever glows, it and it's, like, the big rectangular ones. And he's just kind of holding the ball after the game's done and, like, looks up and, like, looks back down at all of us. We're all, like, man, like, don't do it. <laughs> Drop kicks the ball, boom, shatters the glass all over the place. And then we're, like, we're kind of, like, what? He looks at us and just, just runs, just goes straight down the hallway into the dressing room, just leaves us. We're all, like... <laughs> what's going on, but it, it, it's, it's cute. Like that that guy could kind of do whatever, but now we got, we got in shit for it. And he got in a lot of trouble for it too, but it was, it was a hilarious at the time, right before a game too. It was so much fun. I
1: guess, I guess when you're putting up 80 points in 40 games and going second yeah, over I can, the Kings, you, you can kind of do whatever you want in Sudbury. Yeah, as he best just, for
2: you just could break that. Like, ah, you know what? I'm going to have two points, three points tonight. Anyways. What's, what's the difference <laughs> his face was on the bench when he walked in like all the players walk in the door and so we all see him it's like oh yeah this guy can break light.
0: <laughs> oh man we, we've had
2: some funny byfield
0: stories on the podcast one of them that jt told was about uh how he has like the driest food like what, what was it cards you know what i'm talking the driest wrap yeah. from pita pit in history with like no
2: sauce or something you ever hear was- about that like grass man like it's just it's not even. I don't know what it is. It just. It would just hurt eating. Like I can't even imagine. I don't know. I don't know how it works. That is ginger ale that he crushes before. It's insane. I, I guess we should
1: all start taking notes. Though he's doing something right. He's in the national league. Yeah, so.
2: seriously. Obviously, he's got something figured out. We don't. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Now, I mean, moving forward, I want to talk about the COVID season, where uh, no OHL season. So you ended up in Denmark juniors. So
2: what made you choose to play there? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, Denmark wasn't the first choice. We were just kind of looking to see, you know, anywhere that I could play. Um, you know, it was tough going into my draft season and, you know, obviously the season being completely canceled. And, you know, I thought that, you know, I could maybe broadcast, broadcast myself in a way that I could expose myself more in, in a positive way. And we were just trying to find pretty much any team that we could go to. And, uh, you know, the one that Denmark came up and, Uh, we had some connections in there just through my agency with Adam Cracknell and he said that he really enjoyed it and um, you know so it was a good spot so I went out and uh, played for the Esberg team Uh, I was supposed to play on the pro team there then something came down with import cards and they were bringing a guy over from uh, Providence Bruins of the AHL right at the same time because they didn't know if I was going to be able to get released Uh, but went down there had so much fun it was it was a good time Uh, only played I think eight games but Um, it was just so cool to see, you know, a different culture and, you know, you had a little bit more time in between games and I got to roam around on my bike and go to Europe for the first time, I guess, in a little town, but, um, no, it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It sounds, sounds pretty cool. So what was it like living there?
2: Yeah. So I, so I was with my parents at the time, uh, they came down and made kind of a trip out of it too. And then, uh, right when they were supposed to be living, uh, leaving and I was going to room, uh, with Hill, that uh, cards he played with, Hill, you were there with, Hill. Man, he came out and played with me. Did he not tell you that?
1: I, well, he was only in Barry for a short time and I was at camp for a little bit, so I didn't really even
2: talk. Oh, to okay, him. yeah, yeah. So uh, he came out, man, and I was going to live with him. And then pretty much right when that was going on, my parents were moving out, like COVID cases started flooding Denmark. And uh, yeah, so we left like, and then I left, jumped on my parents or the flight with my parents. And then Hiller got stuck in Denmark for a bit because they didn't open up like the borders or whatever. So I got out at a good time, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Little apartment. Um, so cool. Rode my bike to the rink. It took 10 minutes. Uh, the craziest thing there was like, you could, it was legal to drink or you could buy like beer and stuff, anything up to like 50% when you're 16, which is like, what are you going to get? That's 50%. <laughs> and you can't be served. You can't be served at a bar until you're 18. So it's like, I can go to this special K get pinned on the curb. I can't go to the bar. And I was underage at the time too. And I was so confused on what was going on. But, uh, when, uh, when we would win and, and some of the guys would go out and I couldn't go out and it's just like, what is going on here? But no, you're like, you're like, so I can go get 50% back home and I'll just go drink that on my own yeah, at home. I can I
1: can I just, yeah. I can't go to the bar with the boys though, So that makes sense. That was, that was the exact same thing we had in Sweden too. So it was like, yeah, it was 18 there. So it was 18 and 20. So it was like, yeah, like boys, like, you can do whatever you want. Like you can go get beers at like the beer store or whatever, but like yeah. you can't go out to the bar with the guys. It's yeah, like, just, like, how does that like, what?
2: It just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't it, understand
1: what it's doing. so backwards. It's so yeah, back.
2: So but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and the guys there actually, they were, they were great. They spoke good English too. So it was a, uh, it was a really easy transition for, for a short period of time.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then, I mean, somewhere where, it takes even longer before you can get a drink is in Texas where you played the U 18s and uh, a good opportunity for you to get scouted in your draft year. Every NHL scout was basically there watching it. So
2: um, what was it like playing in that tournament for you? Yeah, no, uh, that was obviously a super, super cool experience, um, you know, to get that call and and during that COVID season when there wasn't really a camp or anything like that, and they pretty much just handpicked the team. So, Obviously, it was a super special honor with the with the small roster like that. And then, you know, it was it was pretty cool to look at the team on paper that you saw that was going over there, and you're like, oh, like we're gonna win, like just straight up, just by looking at it before before the tournament. And uh, it was really cool. So there's nerves going into it because we had such a stacked team, and you know, going out and practicing, everybody was brutal the first day because we isolated for uh, for five days before we skated, just in our hotel rooms, which was insane couldn't leave couldn't go see like your teammates like you had to stay in your hotel room with your roommate they would deliver food to the door and uh you know it was like it was it was a hard tournament in circumstances that way but and then after we that first practice when uh everybody was brutal then the second one and when people started getting dialed like it was so cool to see all the talent that was on that team and you know how special we were going to be at that tournament and yeah so like you have like you had so much exposure to scouts in your first
1: year obviously with q on your team and stuff and but I don't think like ever in hockey history, has there ever been so many scouts in one building as they were at you guys games? Like, especially like throughout that whole tournament, it was ridiculous. Like, it, cause there was no, like, I don't know if there was fans, was there fans?
2: So no, like there wasn't, I don't, there was a very limited of fan capacity that was allowed into the rink, but all the scouts were welcome. Mm-hmm. And I remember when sent me uh, a pick the day before that we were playing Uh, against Finland and exhibition and it was just all it was was dude and it sent like a panorama of just the stands that were in the building and it was just you could just see all it was all black coats clipboards and it's like there's that's not one fan like that's all people coming to like come in and watch you play and uh, yeah just the the build-up of that was almost worse than obviously playing and you know you kind of get over when that comes but it was it was really cool to see when you're in warm-up and you like you look up and there's not a seat available and it's just all scouts it was crazy (laughs) And obviously one scout liked you liked uh, to particularly a lot as
1: uh, it was a New Jersey Devils scout and you, you went first round to the Devils and you want to talk a little bit about your draft day and like the moment you were picked. And I'm just curious, like, were you expecting to go first round? Like, were you gearing up that night or how were things going for you there?
2: Yeah. So uh, I had a couple of interesting calls before that kind of uh, on the zooms that kind of made me lead up to thinking that I was going to be going in the first round. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I for sure thought I was going to go 28 to, uh, to Colorado. And they ended up taking Oscar Olofsson who I uh, played against this year. And I just remember them asking me, they were like, uh, you know, we pick, uh, at 20, 28, and then we pick again at 61 and are there, are we going to have one chance to draft you or two? And then, you know, being in a, in a spot like that, I think I was like, you know what, you're going to have one chance to draft me. I don't think I'm going to go that late. And then, uh, gearing up for, yeah, draft. So. All the guys, I remember all like the first round contenders, they got emails and stuff sent to have that video on you inside the house. Yeah. And that was having to do with the central scouting thing. And I had no idea at the time that that was a thing. And then uh, I get a text on draft day, like, still, you get, you get the cameras. And I was like, no, <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. But I, for whatever reason, I just, you know, I had a gut feeling that, you know, I was still going to go that day. So I had everybody come over th- Uh, like my friends or my close friends family Um, you know I got a draft suit and wore it like just like I would if I was going to go into into the Montreal and you know just had a weird feeling and then when um, Colorado picked before I was like oh I don't know I don't know now if I'm gonna go it was maybe I had a chance at 32 for Chicago but I I really kind of my heart sounded sank after that pick went by and then uh, right after, um, you know, New Jersey, New Jersey comes up and I thought that, you know, that there's maybe a chance. I did do a lot of interviews with them, uh, like just kind of numerous ones throughout. They probably were the team I interviewed with the most, but maybe just kind of didn't give me that range that I thought I was going to be going there. And uh, I remember I get a text from Shane Doan and I don't remember how I had his contact info or I think my parents would come up and I just got a congrats uh, before, before the draft thing comes up. And the few, TV downstairs was a few seconds before and I just remember hearing my brother, because he had to go pee. He was too nervous, so he had to do a couple laps throughout the house. And then I hear from the basement, he just starts out like, like a goal. like a, woo! Like from the <laughs> basement, and everybody just stands up and, like, freaks out. And then I come on the TV, and, um, yeah, it was, it was the best day, best day of my life so far. And just, uh, you know, finally be picked and, you know, have your dreams come true. And I go in the first round, which, you know, I always kind of wanted to do. And it was just a, it was a really special day for me
1: yeah that's that's unbelievable and I can only imagine like the sweat in your pits especially in a- <laughs> when it when it didn't when it wasn't Colorado so things uh, have to wait just, long
2: just like and it's just like you know that feeling when you, your parents call you by your full name and you're in trouble you're like oh god like I'm done and and then yeah. and, and they went by and I was like ah oh, like that's it sat back in the chair and I was like oh boy this is gonna be an awkward drive back home when everybody leaves and I'm not picked yet but uh, i ended up working out in New Jersey. has been great. Uh, it's a great team. And there was a lot of fun when I went down there for camp and stuff. And I'm looking forward uh, to, again, going down the summer. Yeah, that's sweet.
0: Uh, yeah. And it wasn't much longer after until you ended up signing with the Devils. So um, have you made any big purchases to reward yourself or anything like that?
2: No, not much of a, not much of a big spender. I remember, uh, you know, after taxes, whatever, I sent most of it to, uh, to my financial advisor to put in investments and stuff. And then I kept a little bit for spending money and uh, I bought a uh, PS5, and that was it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bunch of a PS5, P to pit and uh, Osmos. That's pretty much it. That's where <laughs> I held the- yeah,
0: a maybe a couple, couple of dry pitas at Pita Pit following yeah, by field. Definitely
2: spice mine up a little bit more than QB, but that's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you didn't really treat yourself that, that much, but uh, that's all right. It's good. Money in the bank uh, never hurt nobody. So you come back to Sudbury for this year. What, you're an older guy and you get an A and stuff. So how did you find like the, the start of this season in Sudbury? And actually, I want to ask too, because JT was telling me he got to like play a role in Shorzy. Uh, that was filmed. And so did you get any uh, features in Shorzy as well? Oh,
2: yeah, I did. I was actually wearing the chad too. I was wearing the chad. Nope. Yep. Buckland, big, big old C tinted visor. Oh yeah. So if that Epi comes out and uh, I, we were like the Cyclones or something. And uh, when the Cyclones are playing, whoever's wearing the captain, that was me for that, that game. What a, yeah, what a crazy day that was. We pretty much sat, sat in our gear for like 10 hours, went out filmed for a little bit, but yeah, that was yeah. crazy. That, that That's was a, awesome, but
1: I, I heard you guys got good pay too. Like I, I movies, shows yep. pay a lot.
2: Yeah, we got paid for for the full day. I, I think we were only there for like seven hours, but we got paid for like the full twelve or fourteen or whatever it was. So, yeah, it was great. Like thousand bucks or six hundred bucks, whatever it was. It was it's awesome for a junior guy. It's great. Yeah,
1: more money in the bank as well. So, uh but yeah, you go back and you're an assistant captain, so like before the trade how, how are things there like obviously the team was struggling a little bit but uh, you personally
2: yeah no it was uh yeah we, we, we obviously we were a young team um you know we had a new coaching staff uh, our new head coach come in after my dad left and um you know it's just I feel like we had a lot of skill there was a lot of potential on that team and it just it was waiting to be unlocked a little bit more farther down the road when I think uh you know suburbs started increase but Um yeah, no, it was a good time. I enjoyed playing with Sudbury. Obviously, JT was there and we had a really good group of guys. And uh, you know, I started off the season kind of decent, uh, heated up a bit and then started to cool down. And just there's a lot of things going on the block. And, you know, I'm in my eighteen-year-old year year now, missing a full year in the 17. I was like, you know, is it time to kind of to move on from Sudbury? Kind of, you know, technically being in my third year. And uh, you know, just with trade room or around Jack and then you know, myself was on there. It was just kind of a, there's a whole lot going on. And, um, you know, that was my first time kind of really experiencing that. And, you know, I did, I do think it kind of let, get it to me a little bit where my, I feel like my play went down just being, you know, counterproductive and trying to think the game more rather than play. Uh, but then, you know, um, they decided to trade me and I think, you know, it was time for me to, to move on for summer. And I had a blast going into Peterborough, which was uh, totally unexpected going back to my hometown. But, uh, you know, it was actually kind of great
1: yeah and there was there's was so many talks like you and jt going as a package and stuff and obviously like your names were being thrown around the old ohl insiders and yeah. I, I got on there a few times so like <laughs> you find yourself looking on twitter and you're like man like i'm on ohl insiders like this guy knows where i'm going before i do like yeah that's exactly her. so so like obviously everything settles you end up in peterborough back in your hometown so how was that? Like, it must've been nice for you and you play with an old teammate as well. So how yeah. was that rest of the year? No.
2: Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, you know, at the point production for me, wasn't there all year. I felt like, uh, you know, I scored a lot in different games and just as soon as I got one, the multi-point of Saran wrap around the net where okay. I can get those multis in, but you know, hopefully that'll kind of brought our bloom out next year, but um, you know, it was great going in back to, back to the PMC, uh, a little bit of adjustment, getting used to that pad. It's uh, it's really hot. It is really hot playing in there, but uh, you do actually kind of get used to it, practicing it there more, but um, yeah, no, it was great. I think kind of catching up with Jerry Avon too, who I played with for the majority of my minor hockey career. And, you know, it's playing with them right after he recently signed an NHL ticket was pretty cool. And so it was a lot of fun. And anytime you kind of switch up environments, it's, it, it's kind of good. It's healthy. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to the team that we're going to be there next year absolutely
0: i'm curious and a lot of the fans were curious we we had a lot of like peterborough people sending fan questions which we'll get to later but a lot of people are asking what is like your favorite thing about peterborough away from the rink
2: um well i got a lot of buddies that are in peterborough still i've got a good good group of friends there so obviously my my friends in peterborough are always kind to kind of come back to you they're definitely going to be lifelong friends um you know i had a good experience there at, at my elementary school at saint Teresa's. Uh, that's when all like the AAA boys were there, so we had an unbelievable school sports team all the time. And uh, my favorite thing to do there, um, you know, besides the rink, would be uh, they had this like I don't know if it's still up, but the Milltown Mini Putt, and it's not it's not a very great track, but I just <laughs> would always go out there and crush it and and play holes there all the time. So that's definitely probably my favorite spot to go to, in, uh, that and that in the movie theater.
0: So moving forward to next season, have you had any contact with New Jersey about like their plans for you? Anything like that?
2: Um, not too much directly. Um, you know, pretty much is it uh, development camps is uh, July 10th to the 15th. And uh, you know, then rookie camp main camp starts later and uh, in September ish or uh, late August, whatever that is. And I just remember following up after Utica, they're just kind of, you know, to, to make sure that I grow and develop, obviously get a lot bigger, faster, stronger this summer. And then, um you know come into camp obviously be good there then just you know have a better better tournament at that at the buffalo thing with uh you know the prospects tournament so it's just things like that and you know going into the season they say they don't care about point production it's just uh and you know it's playing the right way developing into to a good hockey player and you know the points will come that way so yeah yeah they're, they're great great player development staff there which is nice
0: yeah, that's, that's key. And that's good advice too. And you kind of answered it. What my next question was, but I was going to say, is there anything you need to work on to make it to the next level?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, size and strength. Um, you know, I still think I'm kind of growing into my body a little bit. I had a, uh, had a growth tour last year and then um, you know, it's just kind of waiting for that, that thickness to come in and uh, starting to put on pounds here in, in the off season, which is good to see. And just uh, you know, there's always little things. I think you can never be too fast. So, you know, skating is going to be important to prove on this summer and just, uh, you know, have a bit more glide and to, to shoot the biscuit a little bit more this year. I think I passed up on a lot of good opportunities last year to to shoot the score and try to make that one extra pass. So, you know, fire a couple more pills on the net. That'd be nice. Yeah.
0: No, it doesn't hurt to get shots on it. It always drives me crazy, actually, when someone's in the slot and they are just like dishing it
2: off. Like Yeah, no, I, know, just and I was it. always like my dishing, man. Too too many times this year. I gotta, I got to score more goals, that's for sure. Yeah, there you go. Um, and just one, I have to ask,
0: I'm so curious and I know the listeners probably are too, but with your dad being the assistant coach in Arizona, have you talked to him about his thoughts on the new rink and all that stuff going on?
2: Yeah. So it, yeah, it's been super weird. Um, just seeing all that stuff going on and then, you know, kind of talking to him throughout and seeing like, Hey, texting him. And obviously I wouldn't, I can't release it when, uh, when everything's going on, but like, he's like, sometimes he's like, dude, I have no idea what's going on either. He had no idea at some point. So then. Um, you know, seeing that they're going to play at the ASU rink, he kind of looks at it as in good and bad ways where, you know, it's bad. Maybe they're not going to be able to have as many fans in the rink and stuff like that. But you look at the positives and they're putting that much money into the ASU rink and, uh, you know, how much that's going to develop their kind of school and, you know, to bring more people in and, you know, broadcast it hockey more towards, you know, the desert states. So it's going to be super beneficial for ASU, that's for sure. And I have, uh, honestly, he and I both have no idea how that's going to go you know, next season, if that's going to change escrow and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you also look at it in the way, like, sure, they're in a smaller like rink and everything like that, but they weren't filling uh, their their place by any means now. So like, I feel like it, it'll be a cool atmosphere. Like for the first time in a long time, the Yotes are going to feel like the the building's packed. Like Yeah.
2: And that's, uh, yeah, hopefully that, and that happens. And, you know, hopefully the guys kind of, you know, thrive off that some more and, be pretty cool to see, you know, having all those fans in ASU buildings it starts getting rocking. I think that'd be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, maybe they even turn it into like a, a college atmosphere. Get a band and everything. Yeah, exactly.
2: Fans. It'd be it be pretty cool to see like how the how the league and media would respond to that. I think it could be a good idea. But no, for sure. And we're uh, we're gonna take it into some random questions
1: here. I don't I don't think we've ever done this segment. I got uh, got a few random ones that Rask kind of made up for you here, so uh, we'll cool. run through them. So. Is cereal considered soup?
2: Oh, no, because it's, it's not hot. Nope. Okay. What's the most boring sport to watch? Soccer.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. Is,
2: <laughs> is is there, sick, to play. sick to play.
1: Yeah, not bad to play, but yeah, brutal to watch. It's just a game of just like Kayla's passed around the outside. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> is, is there a song you have right now that gets you fired up before a game?
2: uh honestly no I'm just I'm so whatever whatever the whoever's on ox in the room gets me going I have no issues with it
1: all right I like that a, a guy's guy go with the flow uh if you were stranded on an island for a month with three members of the New Jersey Devils who would you want them to be
2: Ooh, uh Miles Wood big he's he's mean <laughs> he could protect me I think um <laughs> Then I would say uh, I would bring Jack Hughes. Obviously, he seems like a, a pretty fun guy, personality guy to be around. You might um, have some girls showing up to the island, too. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, who else would be? I'd say Dawson Mercer. I got along with him well at, at camp. So those are the only kind of two guys I know. Or Doss is the only guy I really know. I went to Hughes' dinner once, and you know, I never really got a chance to speak with Miles. But he's a big boy, so I bring those. Yeah. Three.
0: That's a good yeah. answer. That was like- um. That was like a quick one too. Like most guys take a pretty long time to answer that one so i like concise and and got a good yeah um i guess we'll move into some this or that questions. so i'll just give you two options and you pick one and we'll we'll rifle through them so we got first one white tape or black tape uh white and then if i'm not scoring black okay uh bar down or five hole bar down shoot first or pass first pass
2: yeah it, but we're <laughs> it,
0: so we'll see working on it. we're working on it but pass, <laughs> pass first um cardio or weights weights okay uh ice cream or milkshake milkshake yeah in arizona milkshake would be nice too um you you can't even get ice cream in arizona because it's just gonna be dripping on your hand in one second
2: yeah <laughs> yeah if you were to carry a cone honestly you can fry an egg on a sidewalk i'm not kidding yeah, that's wild that's crazy um uh candy or chocolate candy okay
0: uh snapchat or instagram instagram
2: what about instagram or tiktok tiktok man i get so stuck in that vortex (laughs) it's so bad it's (laughs) like just you don't realize man you're like oh like i've been on it for two hours i gotta shut this off get it away from me (laughs) get into live streams just you start questioning yourself oh Oh, actually you know what the worst thing is now
1: that the videos are like three minutes i'm like watching like i'm literally done eight nine videos and i'm like
2: (laughs) it's been 30 minutes what am i I doing those like reddit stories are always coming up and i oh yeah i I watch those those. listen listen to every single one that comes on (laughs) I, i can't like i can't It'll be the dumbest thing. And it's the Siri voice reading it. And I can't skip it. I don't know. But yeah, that, that's, that thing's addicting. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, that's
0: funny. I fall for those Reddit ones too. Um, One more of this or that one though. I got uh McDonald's or Tim Horton's.
2: Uh, McDonald's. Okay. There we go.
1: I actually, I want to throw one more in just a little twist. AZ or Sudbury?
2: AZ for sure. <laughs> okay. Just, 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 just making sure.
1: Can't just be wrong um and then lastly here we got our we got our fan questions before we wrap it up i think we got three here uh rask had already previously asked one so we'll start with our favorite one and most asked one every week uh stick and specs
2: uh so i'm using a ccm ft4 right now i believe i'm gonna switch to the ft5 when it comes like as soon as it comes out and uh i'm signed now with ccm for the next two years so i'll be getting those when they come in which is gonna be nice nice And, and uh I'm still using a 75 flex. I was thinking about going to try an 80 or 85 next year. And, uh, I use, uh, well, it's my kind of customized curve. So it's like a P28 T just where it's opened up a little bit more. Cause, uh, so I can raise it helps me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You, until you put that muscle
1: on, you need to help getting the pocket in yeah, the air.
2: Exactly. Like a nine. Um,
1: yeah. So, uh, next one here, how was your, how has your brother helped you along your career?
2: Yeah, he's just done, he's been great. He's been a shoulder to lean on when, uh, you know, I need to talk about him things going on through the season. But, you know, at the same time, he's kind of the, the biggest influence just by even just doing what he was doing, just, uh, you know, following him in the gym and, you know, watching to see what he went through in, in the OHL draft process and then in the NHL draft process and just throughout his career, even if he was, you know, silent, it was just, he's such a, he is such a professional off the ice, which is nice to, you know, surround myself around and, um yeah he's been my best friend along uh, through it so he's been he's been great
1: and lastly here uh who's the best former pete to sit in your stall
2: oh uh, oh i checked this out uh i was wearing 21 ah shit i don't know i don't remember the only uh, i know i think dale mctavish is the seat beside me looking at that because i'm good uh good buddies with mace and uh, I sit across pretty much from where my dad used to sit in the seventh stall. Oh, Andrew Werner. That's the best one. He sat in my spot. So I'd say he's the best <laughs> peak of all time. Nice.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, I think, I think that's it uh, from us. Um, Rask.
0: Yeah. I mean, before we wrap up, I firstly want to thank you for the time. And I also just want to say that you're an incredible speaker too, and I'm impressed. So I think, I think this is a great interview. I think the listeners are gonna love it. And we seem to have a lot of Peterborough fans too. So shout out Peterborough. Appreciate and it. uh yeah, it was just it was nice meeting you.
2: Yeah, awesome guys. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and from me, obviously the same thing. Uh
1: it's been a long time coming to get you on, but we're happy to make it happen here. And it, it was a great chat. And I know the uh the Peterborough Pete's actually commented on our TikTok last week, like saying, like, let's get a Pete on. So it uh, perfect timing for yeah, this one. Fun. So so all the Peterborough folks will be happy, and uh, hopefully, you can get us some Arizona views hey, as well.
0: But- I heard it was I heard it was Chase Stillman running the Pete's TikTok account too, so he probably
2: commented <laughs> that get himself get himself on the pod. <laughs> I, I actually run the account. I'm always like you know liking, commenting, whatever you see is me. So <laughs>
1: that's awesome. Well, yeah, thanks Philly. Really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah, thanks boys. Thanks so much for having me
0: want to thank chase stillman for that interview like i said before it was an awesome one uh great interview great guest happy to have him on um and we got a lot of other stuff to talk about too i guess uh cards you want to we want to start with the ohl or where we want to go from here
1: yeah i think we can touch on the ohl obviously today is tuesday night as we record and wednesday during the day our picks or Yeah, we're going to make predictions. So our picks will be out and then the game will happen on Wednesday evening. So let's, uh, it's game seven anyway. It's in Hamilton. Um, It's for the OHL championship. The WHL and the uh, QMJHL have already been decided. And is uh, the Shawinigan Cataract and uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. So shout out to them. Uh, They'll be headed to the Memorial Cup. And we're just waiting to see who's the representative from the OHL. So Rask, I'll put you on the spot. Who are you taking?
0: Oh, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm I'm saying Windsor wins this thing on the road. Ooh,
1: I like that. I like, I like that pick. I really respect it. Like a lot of buddies on both teams. So it's hard for me to say, like I've played against Hamilton. I never saw Windsor, so I'm going to go Hamilton at home. I think they have the depth. I don't know. We'll see. So it's you and I battling one another here, but, uh, it'll be exciting to watch. I'm actually thinking about driving down to the game. Like it's it's a serious contemplation that I'm get, making right now. So if I do, maybe I'll maybe I'll vlog some stuff for the uh, Showbound account if I end up going. But um yeah, I don't know. I, we'll see. But uh we'll just leave it at that. We'll make our predictions and we'll talk about it more next week with leading up to the Memorial Cup and stuff like that, but yeah. And uh I guess Wyatt Johnson most outstanding player little Showbound bump there and Mm -hmm. obviously he'll be be playing for the Windsor Spitfires tomorrow night but I don't know have you been keeping up on the golf at all like this craziness that's going on
0: yeah I've been keeping uh uh, keeping up a bit probably not as much as you but I mean you want to give us some info
1: yeah I guess I could um but yeah like did you see like the Canadian Open's unbelievable yeah Um, I was watching it looks like it's like the most rowdy the Canadian Open's ever been like the most like pumped up it's ever been like the fans are so into it it was unbelievable and then obviously to have Rory win like so many people from Ontario have Irish descent so everybody's cheering for Rory all the time when he's here so to be a back-to-back champion here after two years removed pretty special for him and we move into the U.S. Open and I'll tell you a little bit about this Rask so the guys who went over to that other tour they're allowed to play in the U.S. Open so this is like the first time that they're all together now um back on the same like playing field in the same tournament. So like, it's been like kind of, kind of crazy and we'll like, we'll be able to like keep you guys posted on how things kind of play out after next week and next week's episode. And after the U S open is concluded, but like there could be some crazy things go down. Like, I feel like there's so much bad blood, like you got to think, right.
0: I think, yeah, I, I think so. There's going to be some jealousy too, I think guys are you know upset like wow you took the payday like i'm staying loyal that sort of stuff like maybe maybe there'll be some drama maybe we'll get something like the bachelor going uh there'll be stuff to talk about and um maybe guys will be convincing guys to jump over uh, over across seas so um i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it i think it'll be entertaining i didn't know that everyone was coming back so that's it'll, it'll be pretty sick man
1: yeah it'll definitely be cool to watch and I know we always make a prediction for, uh, for majors. So I'll let you start it off. Um, you chose Scotty Scheffler last week and he ended up coming like, I think like 15th or something. So not a bad pick. I forget who I chose. Do you remember? Uh,
0: no, I don't remember. You listed like five names though.
1: Yeah. I was just rhyming off the favorites to you. And (laughs) obviously like Rory would have been on that list. So you just picked wrong this week, but, uh, who do you got for uh, for the U.S. Open? Pretty much every player you ever heard of is there.
0: Okay. Um, you know what? I think this would be a funny storyline, too. I think Dustin Johnson's going to win.
1: Okay. I like it. Like, that would be crazy. Like, so much drama right now. He's, He's going to be, be awesome. waving bills around in everyone's faces after he wins. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he doesn't even need to take, like, the, the purse that they're giving out at the U.S. Open. It's like, yeah, well, you know what? I, I just made, like, two mil for coming in 20th last week or something ridiculous like that, that they're getting paid over there. But yeah, I like that pick, And I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to make a sleeper pick. So one that I actually don't fully believe in, but potentially Harold Varner the third, who I got to meet at the San Francisco airport. Pretty cool. Um, subtle flux there, but, uh, I Rory. Um, yeah. I
0: was thinking Rory, like it's hard not to, um, what, okay. What do you think Will Zalatoris is going to do?
1: I think he'll be top 10. He's unbelievable in majors, man. Like the guy is just filthy. So I think top 10, that's, that's it for my golf report. I think Will Zalatoris is top 10 and I know you agree. Yeah.
0: Will's my boy. Me and him are like super tight. Um, yeah. I, I want to do one more piece of news before we kind of wrap it up. And this happened like a couple of weeks ago, I guess I, I have the article here, May 26th. But since we were talking about the Mem Cup, which is coming up, um St. John Sea Dogs, the other team the host team that's in the mem cup they lost in the first round of the QMJHL and they then fired their coach and oh yeah Um, I didn't know that so they fired their coach and they hired Gardner McDougall who has been the head coach of UNB University of New Brunswick um for he's been the UNB head coach for as long as I can remember um won tons of national championships there he's only there temporarily he's coaching them just for this run and then he's back to UNB um so but man this guy's an unbelievable coach I got to know him a bit actually in Halifax uh when I was out there and uh what a move though like you know you're hosting the mem cup you have your team in place all that stuff get eliminated first round fire the coach new guy just for the you know camp you could call it and then mem cup basically what do you think of that
1: that is like big D energy Like that's crazy by like management to like pull that off. Like, Hey, we're pulling in this stud and he's going to win us the mem cup. And then he's done. He's just coming in. He's just a big dog. He's just coming in for a short period of time, get in, get out, get the job done. So, I mean, obviously they don't have the teams that the other teams are going to be coming in with. So maybe that could be the difference. You never know. Like these, and they've had time, like I've been off for what. I've been off for almost six weeks. Oh yeah, and they were six eliminated th-
0: before you, by the way.
1: Yeah, I've been off for like six weeks. So give them a good like. By the time the Mem Cup's starting, they've been off for two months. So
0: everyone will be healthy and stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're
1: they're ready to go. Like maybe a little bit of rust. I don't know if they've been playing exhibitions versus. I don't know. Maybe they'll, you they'll, can. they're
0: definitely playing. They'll find teams. But well, what I I just want to pull out too, from this article actually on on Gardner McDougall the the coach. So because in u sports like the championship is a tournament just like the the mem cup so he's won 7 national championships in u sports so this guy and, and 10 aus championships in in their league so i mean he's a winner he knows how to get to these tournaments what to do and what to win so i think they like it's a smart hire and and man like you know you're just coaching a team it's like brand new team basically for him go in you're just going to win a tournament that's all you're thinking like win win 5 games win a tournament um move on with your life like it's such a crazy move man i don't know but i wanted to bring that one up um and uh yeah pretty interesting
1: we'll follow that news closely and maybe we even get him on or like try to get him on like after after the tournament or something like that but like i don't want to say too much now let's kind of like let it play out and see how things go and we can kind of touch base as the tournament goes on but that's pretty interesting and i'm glad you brought that up
0: yeah well with with that said i guess you want to kind of wrap it up
1: yeah i guess uh rask and i and our guests have been bringing the heat lately obviously some <laughs> some big episodes and we, we keep pumping our own tires right now but uh no we're we're really excited about the way the show is going in 75 episodes we're uh we're only 25 away from uh 100 so we'll definitely have to get out for a round of golf this week and enjoy the beautiful weather that's happening to to celebrate 75 and it's uh, it's been a great ride so far and uh, we're not looking back we're only looking forward so uh with that being said We'll catch you next week.